the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and of course all the way to the Cheltenham Festival 2021 with TonyBet.com. Um, I'm joined by a select group of panellists, uh, experts, friends, possibly is the most truest line. Uh, let's go with uh, with Dermot Nolan. Dermot's here. Hello Dino. How are you man? Yeah, very good. Good to have you. Stephen Cass is back. Welcome back. Yes, hello friends. Your friends, yeah, I think that's the safest one, isn't it? We can't call ourselves uh, experts or any of the other things that I might have suggested we were. Uh, Dave Weldon is also here. Hello, Dean. How are you? Yeah, good, good. Well, look, I'm glad to have you all as friends, even if we are all terrible at working out horses. Yeah, exactly. Um, Okay, so the Dublin Racing Festival was on at the weekend, and I'm sure everyone by now has... uh, has heard many uh, opinions and, uh, and views on what happened there. Uh, a fantastic two days of racing. Thank God all the big guns take on each other in Ireland as they don't necessarily in the UK. Um, but I'll stop the baiting there. What I wanted to um, do was do a slightly different take on the review on the basis that we don't need to go through every single race. What was interesting is that last year at the Dublin Race Festival, only one of the winners there went on to score at the Cheltenham Festival. The year before, I believe it was two. Um, it feels like, though, if you follow social media and you're all over the Twitter sphere at the minute, every single horse that ran at the Dublin Racing Festival is going to win at Cheltenham. It seems to be a done deal, done thing. So what I'm going to do is spin through some names. I'm going to come to you each, and you're going to tell me whether they are a good thing uh, for Cheltenham. Uh, if you believe Twitter, they are. But let's hear your views. Uh, try not to sit on the fence, but let's see how we go. Uh, Dermo. Um, I'm going to start with you. Galliard de Menil is a currently a, a 100 to 30 favourite for the Ballymore. Cheltenham Festival? Uh, yes, we won't go too much into this because we're covering this later on, obviously. But yes, yes, Dean, he wins. He wins well. Yes. Okay, Stephen Cass? No, definitely not a good thing. Definitely not a good thing. Okay, David Well, Not a certainty, no. Not a certainty. Yeah, he's, uh, all right, okay. Uh, the answer is uh, is no from me. But Demo, massively keen. But we're going to do the uh, Supreme, the Ballymore, the Abbott Bartlett, and the Triumph later on. So some of these will get covered in more detail. Shaco and Poursois, Stephen Cass. Yes. David Weldon. Yes. Dermot Nolan. Uh, yes. The answer for me there is no as well. But anyway, it's the prices. Um, okay, Enerjamine, uh, 9 to 4 for the Arkle. Dermot Nolan. Uh, no. Stephen Cass. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Dave Weldon, there, there is an elephant in the room here, of course, that Enerjamin is not actually the favourite for that race, so we'll have to take on Kiskin. Uh, David? He's getting close to it, but no for the moment, yeah. No for the moment. Okay, 94 for the Arco is Enerjamin. Uh, honeysuckle, um, we committed treason on the pod last week. A couple of Honeysuckle's biggest fans. In fact, this, this podcast may as well be sponsored uh, by the wonderful mayor. Uh, when I won the Irish Champion Hurdle again, is now 5-2 to two favourite. was immediately 4-1, to one, but now 5-2 to two favourite for the Champion Hurdle. Um, Dave Weldon, does does she win the champion hurdle this year? Um, yes, if she's ever going to win, she's going to win it this year. So yeah, I think she. I right. think she wins it. I think she wins. I think she'll get her conditions, and I think she'll win it. Okay, uh, I agree with you, Stephen Cast. Yeah, I'm not even. You know what Dave's saying there about her conditions. I, I don't I, think that's a worry. Yeah, I don't think it is massively either. Like, but I, I think if she's ever going to get them, it'll be this year, given how wet Cheltenham's been and stuff like that. Um, yeah. 
And it'll be good to soft anyway. The, the yeah. thing about her is she's proven her tactical speed. Everyone yeah. thought two and a half was her trip. And yeah. I, I thought after Leprechaun last year, she was equally effective as two because she has this unbelievable turn of foot that she can use. And everyone talks about the mistake Robbie Power made last year in the mayor's herd, letting her up her inside. But there's not many horses in training that could have the tactical speed to go and grab the gap and power yeah. up the hill like she did. She just, she is everything. And even like people are raving about Ray, Rachel and her ride but i was we were you know on the on our whatsapp racing group you'd be sending messages during races to the lads and i was like what is rachel doing it just looked bonkers what she did and not yep. the most uh energy efficient ride and, and she still still went and powered away she is everything it was it was deadly it was deadly she yeah. seems to um have actually been left plenty to work on between beating ronald pump last time and this and that's what we saw in the performance Dem and nolan i don't really need to ask you do i honey suck was going to win it Cheltenham? Uh, yeah she wins yeah Good man. Okay, Derma, you're next up with uh, Kilcrute, who um, made the bumper look a little bit um, Dunguib-esque. I don't, um, I don't believe this performance. So no, no, no. Okay, fine. Um, Stephen Cass. Yeah, I'm not interested in the bumper that much. I haven't thought about it. Um, yeah, probably not a good thing. No. Don't care is an okay answer, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave Weldon. No, no, it was massive pace collapse, um, and the camera angles didn't help. But that's another thing. Jeez, love that. Okay, well, that's the 13 to 8 favourite for the bumper now, uh, Toast. Uh, Quilixios, uh, 9 to 2 general for the Triumph. We will come on to the Triumph in a bit, so you can keep this quick, Stephen Cass. Uh, it's not a good thing, no. This is the worst section we've ever done, is it? No, no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> can we pass all the listeners? Because they know this probably won't be edited out, and we'll have to. Just fast forward about two more minutes and this section will be finished, lads. Yeah, well, it depends how long. I mean, you did go on for a few <laughs> seconds about Honeysuckle. We might actually <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, fair enough. Damn and Nolan, Quillix looks. Uh, I think good thing is the wrong question, uh, but uh, definitely a big contender and people are probably underestimating him a small bit afterwards. So uh, maybe uh, a contender. Demo, demo. This section was your idea and the question was supposed to be, will this win at Cheltenham? And now you just canned <laughs> your own idea. Dave Weldon? No. No, fair enough. See, that's that's the kind of style that I wanted. Thank you very much. Uh, appreciate it. Dave Weldon, you're up. No. 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 Fair no, no as well. No, no. No. Stephen Cass, no demo. Uh, no. Oh, great. Okay. Well, that, that should make an interesting section on the Supreme later on. Uh, Monkfish, now five to six for the Brown Advisory. Don't take that as it sounds. It's the old RSA. Stephen Cass. No. Oh, sorry. Yes, Monkfish. I was thinking of it. <laughs> sorry. Yes, yes. I thought you were going yeah. to ask me about the Charles Burns winner there, whether that was a good thing. But yeah, yes, Monkfish uh, will win at Cheltenham. Yes, Monkfish. Yes, from me, I think it will win at Cheltenham. Dave Weldon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dermot Yeah, very easy, yeah. Okay. Uh, Ken Boy or any others in behind in the Irish Gold Cup? Stephen Cass. No. No from me too. Dave Weldon. No, bad race. Bad race, Dermot Nolan. Uh, no, but the storyteller is a contender in the stairs hurdle. That's all. Okay, uh, none of us could agree on too many there. Uh, I counted there'll be three, which would actually follow the trend. One, two, uh, not really, but you get what I'm saying. So possibly three go forward. There were a couple of winners in the UK. We're not going to do the, uh, the similar section on this, but um, Sport and John bounced back from nowhere and is uh, is priced up around sixteen to one for that old RSA now the Brown Advisory and uh, Native River. Um, I thought it was um, was mighty impressive in running a Gold Cup trial if you can still do that at the veteran stage that he's at. Um, Demo, were you surprised with either of those performances? They did warm the cockles a little bit, perhaps. 
Uh, they did. Uh, Sporting John was a big bounce back to form. Um, kind of looked like he was maybe having a deputy size type season where he just kind of didn't totally be bothered. But he uh, that was a masterful ride from Dickie Johnson. I think more than anything, the the those in front definitely came back to him, and it was just perfectly judged. What Sporting John does after this, I've no idea. Um, we never quite found out really how good a horse he is last season. You know, he had that brilliant performance and then rather flopped at Cheltenham. So there is a good horse there, but just the the novice chase department is very very deep this season so he could be one maybe to uh, track through to next season because i just that the sand and races were, were running such a quagmire that it's very hard to know and the mad thing now about native river is that the kind of santini game is up for the time being anyway he's just had the worst prep of all time he just couldn't back him for a gold cup um as much as i absolutely love this horse he just couldn't so native river with just how many horses they all seem to be putting their hand up and saying no no i can't be bothered this year for the gold cup um so album photos looking as sure nearly as sure a thing as you can see at the moment but native river there's definitely a view that he's one of the ones going in in form into this gold cup this year Dave. Yeah, you kind of have to kick him out of the places again if he runs up to that kind of level, I'd imagine. Uh, Dave Weldon, um, do you, you can opine on either of those. Uh, Sporting John broke my heart because I sham blue and it tricks you with honeysuckle and uh, back here to dairies without shotgun, so that kind of hurt. Um, I think you made the right move there. I was looking at looking at the race beforehand. I was like, the only other one that can probably beat uh, Blue is Sporting John, and it won't be uh, today. And it was unfortunately. Yeah. I think Sporting John, like he's shown big numbers now the last uh, twice on bottomless ground, so that's probably what he needs. Um, and Native River, I couldn't have him for a Gold Cup at eleven. Um, he, he'd need it soft as well, and like he won't. Like Yala Enki was doing his best to keep up with Native River. Like Yala Enki's not a Gold Cup horse, so the other horses who'll be able to to push the pace with Native River um this year and uh, he, he won't he won't place so he'll probably run admirably but yep probably Steve there has... hasn't been there hasn't been an 11 year old win the gold cup i think since 1963 and there's people i see uh tipsters and well-known tipsters uh tipping him for the gold cup now at 16s taking a literal view that he has beaten 170 horses in bristol to my and Santini, and I just think that's the most misguided use of ratings and form you'll ever see. The other thing is he's at a race very close to Cheltenham on heavy ground. Like he he doesn't have any chance. Santini will finish ahead of him in the Gold Cup, even I think Santini again Sandon wouldn't be his track. And if it becomes more and more fashionable to diss Santini and he gets north of twenty to one, he'd be a bet for the Gold Cup, I think, because he would have a chance. But yeah, uh, yeah Native River has absolutely no chance. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think Santini's in in the position now where he will be the one that gets cribbed so much going into Cheltenham, and all you need to do is watch the race back from last year, and anything similar would be uh, involved, and it'd be a big price for it. So, Demo, you might be a bit early to cull your love affair with that horse. I'm his biggest fan, Dean, but even even just like the the Aintree one, I got nearly rose on Twitter when I was defending him, and then uh, King George, he's just not going through with his effort as strong as he was. I completely take the point that the uh, the race course um, haven't suited him so far. It's been a terrible prep, like it's like it's an F grade for uh, Nicky Henderson's planning with him, but it's um, he's just not going through the same way. And I I'm just always very conscious that these staying chasers of Nicky Henderson's they they can regress very very quickly and. I'm just half half conscious that this might be happening with uh, with Santini. Yeah. Um, okay. 
Fair enough. Um, the, I mean, there was plenty of other horses work, working around the uh, the track, especially at the Dublin Race Festival over the weekend that might be, uh, you know, handicap eye catchers or anything else you wanted to take forward. Don't have to be the winners. Um, you're welcome to do it. I'll start with um, Farclaw, who we were quite keen on for a handicap there at the uh, the Dublin Racing Festival. Just kind of walked through one second last that really put it in, but still had enough left in the tank to make a move and come through in what was a blanket finish. I think that one can still step forward at Cheltenham. It was mentioned actually by Twixie on Twitter um, when Stephen Cass put out a little uh, uh, mention for Farclaw. So I, I'll, I'll give that a mention as one that I'm definitely taking forward. There's loads of them though. Um, Dermo, Stephen, Dave, you can go. Dermo, why don't you give us something? Uh, yeah, I thought um, two two runners kind of caught my eye. Uh, the first one was uh, Damalisk in the William Fry handicap hurdle. He, he ran a great race to be third. He was um, six to one. So he didn't go unnoticed um, on the Sunday, but he, he felt that last run, I think, because he didn't go through with his effort late on. But if he could be fresh enough for something like the Punchdown Festival, I think uh, Damalisk would be very interesting. And then the other one is uh, Gabby Nacko, who's um, 138 rated. I, I thought he was, I was never as disappointed as after this podcast last week when I gave him a really strong mention. I turned on um, on the road to to Cheltenham and uh, Gavin Cromwell was on it. And he just kept talking about that race being an experiment and them kind of wanting to learn more about him going into the, the Martin Pipe. And he got that exact kind of ride as well. I just thought that he was held up off and didn't really kind of come into it. Now, he made a bad mistake two out, but still um, he was looked after. So Gabby Nacko at 100, of 138 or so, you get a few pounds, obviously, but he'd be interesting in handicap at Cheltenham going forward. And the whole the whole weekend really was just about uh, Willie Mullins's dominance anyway, though, wasn't it? Yeah, he had some, uh, he had some couple of days and uh, backing up the Skelton's claims that really he just needs to put a horse in a grade one, doesn't he? And they get a free school round. Is that fair, Stephen? He, well, I don't think that's fair from Dan Skelton. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when he said they get a freebie, I said I'd listen back to that this morning and he didn't. I thought maybe he meant at the start that they're literally getting two, three lengths at the start, which they were. If you watch it back, Monkfish was three lengths clear before they jumped off and yeah. Energamine was around five lengths clear before they jumped off. So maybe he's slightly referring to that or referring to that. Obviously, the form is very strong, but the starting procedures in Ireland, this given horses three, four, five lengths at the start, even if they're front runners, it's just bollocks. And jockeys should be more conscious of this as well because yeah. uh, the, the efficient way to do it is be upsides the front runner and let him have to go and make the effort to to uh, carve out the lead rather than granting him the lead. So I think Irish jockeys really need to cop on now with this kind of stuff. Um, the other interesting thing I took out of it was with the profile of Willie Mullins uh, winners, uh, just to give you a tidbit on that. Um, so the, the, the day's break they had since leaving their previous trainer and joining Willie before their first run with Willie, Shaq and Bersois had 1,089 day break and Ergamine 672 days, appreciated 622 days, Kemboy, 495 days. Uh, Gare de Menil, 385 days. Monkfish, 369 days. Kilcross, 256 days. Obviously, he was coming uh, across the fields from Tony's place. But yep. they that's not normal. They are not normal numbers. So I haven't heard this discussed in the mainstream media. Um, you know, we're a bit too small for I to be having access to Willie or getting Patrick on the show, but I'd love to hear someone ask him. It's just interesting. What's Willie doing different uh, to get this performance off his main, his main contenders? I just thought that was one one interesting thing to note uh, from yeah. the profile of the winners at the festival. And, and to move on to the eye catchers, uh, Ganapati, I thought ran really well, but didn't get the trip. So I would be interested in him drop back to two miles, maybe for the county. 
I think the Ryanair is completely falling apart. Min Bank defence, he's 10. Write him off for the Ryanair. St. Calvados has given the complete wrong race to prep in for the Gold Cup or the Ryanair in heavy ground. He fell through, cross him off. So the Ryanair is falling apart. And Fakir Duderis is just setting up lovely for him. Uh, he's going to improve for the trip. He loves uh, Cheltenham. He's got really good festival form. I think Fakir Duderis for the Ryanair. And the other one who caught my eye is my old friend Andy Dufresne, who I thought really ran really well for a long way, travelled really well. Uh, he's not even in the betting for the Grand Annual. But I think the Grand Daniel will be the race for him. He's off 149, uh, yeah. roughly around what Chosen Mate wanted off for Gordon last year. And he would be a far superior horse to Chosen Mate. So I would be interested in Andy Dufresne for that. That would be kind of what I'd take out of the, the Dublin Race Festival. Yeah, huge shout for uh, Andy Dufresne. I thought he ran a massive, massive race. And I would echo that. He's a class horse they need to find the right race for. You might have just given it away there with the Grand Daniel being uh, the spot for it. Um, yeah, I would definitely echo that. Um, okay, Dave Weldon. Um, just two. Um, I thought Gallopin the Champs ran a decent race. I think it was in the two mile. Um, the Chanel Farmer. So if he gets a mark for the county, could be interesting. And Embittered ran a nice race in the Arkle. I, I said last week that I was hoping they'd run him in the handicap, and they went for the Arkle. He finished fourth. Um, hopefully he doesn't get too punished for that and can go maybe on to the Grand Annual. Um, although it wouldn't be Gigginstown style. I'm just hoping Joseph might get his way, even though he has a a load of them for that already. Okay. Grand Annual quickly becoming the new Welsh National on the Race yeah. Hour podcast there, where we we, we try and shoehorn their horses in. Uh, but JP has so many for it now, because he he's does, a Newcastle, yeah. he's a wave of the sea, he has top, top Andy Dufresne. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he, Andy Dufresne could maybe end up burn group plate, but I think he's probably the best handicapped of all of them. But yeah, this yeah. this is the problem with getting rid of the novice handicap chase now as well. Like you're overloading the two handicaps that are there, um, without like you know. Ah, yeah, I mean, it's, it, ah, it's a I problem, but it increases handicap. competition elsewhere. Like ah, yeah, no, yeah. no, that that had that handicap served nobody but the the British trainers because the Irish horses couldn't get well handicapped into it. It was um, what's wrong with that? I think that race just all that did was I mean Imperial Aura he should have ran in the Grade One last year. I, I I don't have any bad feeling about that novice chase being gone. Too. Sure. Okay. Um, I, one of the biggest disappointments was Min. You mentioned it, Stephen, and uh, just you know, pulling up before Cheltenham. I think the record is a abysmal now going into a festival off the back of that. And he would have been on the, and he, everyone's uh, list for a Ryanair that you, you stated is uh, is falling apart. I think. I, th- I think you do have to write him off after the back of that. I think Albert's run did it off a pulled up, maybe when him you know retained or. Won but the, whatever, whatever about him banking the fence and pulling off Patrick did the right thing. But before yeah, yeah. that, he was hanging right and jumping terrible. Like he left his mm. back legs in, one, in the one before where he made the really bad mistake and he just mm. wasn't traveling at all. Um, so, yeah, I'd be like when I say riding him off, of course he can win, but I don't want him on my mind. And it just makes your, exactly. your, your approach to the bet a bit easier. Yeah. Fair enough. I'd agree with that. And that, for me, that was the, the kind of low point. If you're going to take him forward, you probably can't now. Uh, not with all due confidence that you might have had beforehand. OK, look, we come to the end of the first section of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk. And of course, all the way to the Cheltenham Festival with TonyBet.com. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the novice hurdle puzzles at the Cheltenham Festival, the Supreme, the Ballymore, uh, the Albert Bartlett. The spa, as someone was calling it, and uh, the triumph. They are the four races we'll take on. We might squeeze in a section at the end to look at all the racing that won't go ahead uh, this weekend, and we might not. Sounds like we probably won't. We'll take a break here. 
You're listening to the Race Hour podcast, brought to you by bookmakers.co.uk. Check out bookmakers.co.uk each and every day for tips, news and the best odds for horse racing. Looking for a new bookmaker and the best sign-off offers in the industry? You'll find that at bookmakers.co.uk, sponsors of the Race Hour. Okay, and welcome back to the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at bookmakers.co.uk and, of course, all the way to the Cheltenham Festival 2021 with TonyBet.com. Uh, Dermot Olin is here, Stephen Cass is here, Dave Weldon is here, it's myself, Dean Ryan. And uh, now we're going to try and solve some uh, novice hurdle puzzles at the Cheltenham Festival, uh, starting as uh, as the meeting does, of course, with uh, the Supreme Novices. Um, uh, we've, we've talked about these these races a few times in the, in the run-up so far. But, um, uh, you know, a few things changed at the weekend and we did cover Appreciate It very quickly in the preamble um, of, of the pod today. And uh, pretty much all of us said uh, not a banker for the Supreme. So that's a good place to start. Um, Stephen Cast did shout out on Twitter during the week for people to mention a few horses. So I might throw some of these into the mix. And um, as I do that, we can we can make some comments on it. But you, we've got to start with Appreciate and we've got to elaborate on uh, the issues. I'll throw a few out there. Seven years old, not many of them. Should probably be chasing already. Um, it doesn't look the strongest Supreme ever. Paddy Connolly on Twitter said that, you know, could this be the weakest Supreme in years? And uh, I would argue he is right. Stephen Cass. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe Paddy's right. I mean, Somerville, Somerville Boy beat um, Clash and yeah. Paloma Blue. Yeah. yeah, so that wasn't great either. But yeah, it doesn't look great on paper, but we don't really know yet. Um, the Supreme's often like that. Appreciate it. Uh, he looks like he was. He's a two and a half miler to me, so he's less than two to one. So of course he can win. Um, but you'll want to take him on. I think he'd be wanting to force the pace, a la Champagne Fever, definitely be handy. And uh, one of the listeners asked us about uh, a horse called For Pleasure, and he's going to make it really interesting because he's literally going to be. 30 lengths clear as they jump the third hurdle it's just the way he runs but he's a head case i don't think he's any chance you give him a chance of winning at cheltenham but he runs down his hurdles and he, he does it on every run uh, so i don't think he can actually win but he's going to make a furious pace um, and i actually think bally adam can turn the tables and appreciate it i thought he got a bad ride on sunday he was kept wide uh, he did a terrible jump at the last uh, when he was coming to, to challenge, just coming to the last year, appreciated touched 1.8 and running. So it was almost 50 50 whether Bally Adam would get him, but the jump at the last year from Bally Adam put pay to that. Uh, I just think he's a very clean actioned horse. He's obviously improved. There was something wrong at Christmas. That was a very good run. He should improve again. Better ground is going to suit him. Uh, so I'd give Bally Adam a chance. Uh, like of the main ones then, Metier. Flat horses, uh, there's only been three flat winners since uh, 2000, if I'm right. I think Arcadis, LeBake and Ebizion came off the flat. And Metier, while the manner of his wins are impressive at the line, he doesn't have a nice way of travelling. And the, the jockey always looks to be fighting him. He jumped noticeably uh, left, or jumped noticeably right at Ascot. He jumped left another day and... It, I just, I'm not a fan of his way of going. But he could be a machine, but even the form is hard to put a finger on. Like Tile Tapper, who he beat, who was third the last day, was beaten in a class four novice, a taunting it odds on mm. the time after. It's very hard to get a handle on the English novices. I think the, the Betfair herder, when it's run, will be a big thing for that with him and Kadzan. And I think Kadzan could finish in front of him in that. Um, and while I'm jabbering, I'll just give one at a wild price. I don't like these ones that people are all saying, non running a bet this, if this runs. This one actually might run. Willie, if they win a maiden hurdle 
leading up to Cheltenham. He does tend to give them their chance. As a horse called Arctic Warrior, uh, he's a half-brother to Arctic Fire. So uh, Walter Connors, uh, who we talked about before, brought him in. He's the man that brought in Don Cossack, Envoy Allen, Espar Dallin. Uh, he's with Willie. He went up to Down Royal and he was traveling all over Decimation. Now, Decimation's a proper horse. He was second to Queen's Brook Irascible uh, and wide receiver and maiden hurdles. And he really was tanking all over him. And he just he just stepped into one and fell at second last. So he could be very good. And he's 50 to 1 non running a bet. He'll only go if he, he goes and wins a maiden hurdle, uh, impressively. Mm-hmm. And I think JP doesn't really have anything else for this. So Arctic Warrior would be one I give a mention to, but I think Bally Adam has a good chance to turn the tables. One note on the Supreme though, just maybe don't have a bet because Hills always go seven places and it's a competitive market and this is going to be an each way race. So I always think holding tough is a good idea for the Supreme. Sit tight, perhaps. Yeah, I, I, there was there was a move. You mentioned Bally Adam. There was a move in that race at Dublin Racing Festival where, it, like you say, appreciate it hit like 1.8, which almost makes it a 50-50 move. And I know we didn't just go, go go through with it because of the, the last flight and everything, but it certainly reminded me of... Uh, of, of a horse that is is no back number and if you were forced to get involved now the eight to one around for Bally Adam looks looks suitably fair off the back of that would potentially appreciate it obviously the one standing in the way not potentially it is the one standing in the way I'm not a big fan of a meteor at all uh, yet Demo you're not a big fan of this uh, this Betfair hurdle as uh, as being a race to take horses forward from anyway so should we start with meteor I'll just give a shout to Adam Berryman who did mention for pleasure that might help appreciate it in that they will have a front runner that's it yeah like i but like appreciated last year in the bumper uh, looked the winner and then he got out uh, get done for tow by fernie hollow now of course the the hurdles will kind of slow that all down but still it's just that that kind of lack of a speed with him like you know when valley adam traveled up to him at the dublin racing festival two out for a moment you really thought that appreciated yeah. was in trouble now valley adam just kind of he didn't jump out of the ground at the last and he ended up kind of Give it away to race, but that moment just kind of puts that kind of little sprinkling of um of blood in the water and just kind of makes you say, but appreciate it at seven to four. That like there's there's not that same vibes coming from the Willie Mullen stable about this horse, you know. There just isn't usually with the Supreme, you know, whether it was Min or Melon or whatever else, all you were hearing about was just how good this kind of horse was. And I know Min and Melon both didn't win, but there was even more buzz around about them than appreciated. So appreciated could well go and win. It could just be that bad as Supreme, but I completely agree with uh, Stephen Cass. I think Bally Adam, if he gets the right conditions, that's why I'd hold off. I don't think he'll be an awful lot shorter yet anyway. Um, as far as the bet for hurdle goes, no, Dean, I, I don't like it as a trial. I think horses shorten dramatically after it, and uh, I just don't think enough horses go on and win it. I, I know the likes of Rooster Booster, yeah, he won it and went on after it, but since then, even the likes of... So, uh, Somerville Boy, I think, won it as well. No, no, he didn't. Uh, Did he not? Klashnikov, no, uh, Klashnikov won it that year. Somerville Boy won at okay. Sandown. He won the, the grade one up there. Klashnikov won it that year. Uh, he shortened dramatically after it. Um What's the Nigel Twiston Davis horse as well? He shortened dramatically after it as well. Al Dancer. No, yeah, Al Dancer and and Bally Andy as well was the exact same. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a lot of horses go into that race. They they win it. They absolutely shorten. And at the end of the day, as Saint Wall has shown this season, winning a handicap and winning a Grade One is two completely different things. And uh, I just I don't like bet for hurdle horses. Uh, for this race but enough going on about the horses i don't like and um there's two here at prices i thought blue lord got a very 
interesting enough ride from Brian Cooper. I thought it was very education-wise. Um, I think a very strong pace for him will suit him an awful lot. He, he, he does stay the longer trip, but he pulls the head off himself. So this kind of trip will suit him an awful lot more. So at 25 to 1, or he's shorter, not running a bet, obviously. Um, but I think he will go here, Blue Lord. So he's, um, he's about 16 to 1. Uh, not running no bet and I think he'd be very interesting I just thought that that run behind Bob Ollinger and then the last day as well he, he just never got to land a blow in that race but he ran very well for third and I could just see a frantic pace and him him traveling off it so he's very interesting and the other one to definitely back now running no bet is this bareback jack of um of Donald McCain Donald McCain directly after the race spoke about entry but he said we do have a discussion to have about Cheltenham. He could just run here. That was a really good performance um, at Musselburgh last week. And this horse, though, has won on good before as well. So ground won't be a concern. Like, third time lucky made a mistake, but bareback Jack had him beaten. And Donald McCain's record in the Supreme, he's had two runners in the last 20 years. And it was a first and a place. Um, so he doesn't fire. Obviously, Cinders and Ashes were was the horse of his that won there. So was he doesn't fire many. Who, who was the place? Who was the place, Jarmo? I can't remember the place. So I had this all pre-organizing it. <laughs> I don't know either. I was just wondering who it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a he's at a first and a place. And this horse, he just has looked very good. He's unbeaten so far. So if he does rock up here, he'll be a big price. And I think he'd go very well. So Bally Adams, the one that I think will will put it up most to appreciate over the top of the market. But I think Blue Lord and uh, Blue Lord and uh, Bareback Jack are the two, particularly Bear, Bareback Jack. If he does show up, I think he's extremely interesting for a trainer who doesn't waste many bullets, but he doesn't leave them behind him either when he does. He does. Fair enough. Okay, uh, Joe Healy and Oliver Milburn would be happy to hear uh, some positive vibes around Blue Lord. They both mentioned that one on the Twitter sphere. Um, I'm going to come to Dave Weldon now. And Dave, I mean, feel free to opine across, appreciate it, Meteor. Trevor Kinsler asked about Meteor, and I think, or Metier, and I think we've all uh, given it a bit of a thumbs down at this point. Might be a bit unfair, but you go where you want to go, Dave. Yeah, Metier, I didn't really like his form. Um, as Cass said, like, he does it well. He- he wins by far margins, but when you go through the race, you don't kind of like what he's been doing. Um, I agree with the two lads. Bally Adam looks a, a good angle each way. Um, if you take a line through Irascible from Christmas to uh, Dublin Racing Festival, there was nine lengths between Appreciated and Irascible. So Bally Adam's improved past him. And I would say, Gordon, going by what he sent out at the Dublin Race Festival, I think he, he nearly dismissed dismissed the whole meeting after his horse has been sick over Christmas. Um, so... I'd say he's kind of that was a stepping stone for Bally Adam. He's improved for it, and he'll go for it again, hopefully, to Christmas to Cheltenham. And uh, I think he'll get very close to appreciate it. And um, I think the best of the English might be My Drogo um, for the Skeletons. He's about 14 to 1 chance. He won uh, a Newbury race um, on good ground in November, I think it was. The time was actually fairly reflective with Shishkin's debut there um, from the previous year. And he followed up in a decent race. I know he's getting weight in, in the race when he beat Lannibal Lada, Tom Simmons, but he, he did it well and was relatively unfancied in, in the market. The only fear is um, the Skeletons don't seem to be too keen on going. They think he's a horse for next year. So maybe if he can get four, 14 to 1 non run, I'll bet that'll be the angle. Um, Drill Deal, he's been overlooked again, but like he won the Moscow Flyer and won it very well when uh, McNally came out and said everything went wrong. So at 20 to 1, he can't be dismissed. They're going to go a million. He'll get a nice toe into the race. And there's just an interesting one. Um, I know Cassius mentioned Arctic Warrior there for 
JP McManus. He actually has another one with Willie Mullins, who is due to make his debut on Saturday in a maiden hurdle at Nace. If that goes ahead, gentlemen to me, um, first run for Willie. He's been at Willie's now for it's been off the track for over nearly 500 days, so could fit a few fit a few trends there. And again, no, 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 no bet. Like if he goes there and wins, he might go end up at Cheltenham. If he doesn't, he will obviously stay at home and, and look at other targets, pick up a maiden somewhere else. But he's Dave, Dave is he? Is he in the Muneer cutters? No, he's uh, JP's. Oh, JP's, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Mark Walsh is back on him on the 105 at Nason Saturday, so if he wins there, he could go on to Cheltenham. Okay, um, all right, fascinating stuff. I've got a couple of other uh, listener um, horses to just throw out there. I might come to demo with this one. Um, any chance Zana here could switch to a Supreme or Duffel Coat, um, maybe go to an Albert Bartlett? I mean, Gordon's got some some ammunition to move around, of course. That came in from Adam. Uh, Derma? Uh, no. Any chance? Uh, no, no chance? No, no, no. Fair enough. Okay. An interesting Jack one on that, uh, you know, people, someone asked about Quilixios switching around as well. He can't because he's not a novice. He ran in France. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, there was a couple other ones mentioned. I mean, Michael O'Halloran uh, mentioned Drill Deal, which Dave Wellen has covered. Uh, Devil's Coachman, did we get to this one? Jack Fenton? He'd have uh, to Devil's improve his stone, so they'd have to go handicap, wouldn't they? Sorry, Dermo. Yeah, I just think yeah. I think he's a 135 horse, so you'd want to be improving the stone, so surely a handicap would be the way to go with him. Yeah, uh, I completely agree. And he was put in his place rather by appreciate it at Christmas as well. Now, he's won well since, but yeah, I mean, 100, I can't see JP and, <laughs> and Cole leaving a mark of... He's 137 over hurdles, so he'll be 140 or so. Good. No, but Noel Mead has won two Supremes with Outsiders before, Sassolito Bay and Go Native, big price Supreme winners. So if if, if Noel Mead says we're going for the Supreme uh, with JP's yep. permission, it would be interesting because he was impressive yeah. at Navin. Yeah, sure. Noel Mead well, might fancy that, and that's uh, JP could allow. That's uh, that's possible. Uh, there was one other possible switcher from another target. Bob Ollinger was mentioned by John Dickinson. Any chance pitches up in the opener? He's more likely to go for the other part of it. Yeah. He, he looks like he wants the two and a half every bit of it. Yeah. yeah. Fair play. Okay, I'm going to nail you to something, albeit um, I think a couple of you already said maybe wait until the day, but you know we don't have that luxury right now at, on this podcast. You can say it again, but if you had to go at it right now, um, Stephen Cass, I'm guessing you're going Bally Adam. Well, if I have to have a bet now, Arctic Warrior... Uh, 50 to 1 with Sky, but not on a bet. And I will be backing. I'd rather back Bally Adam at 9 to 2 on the day with seven places than yeah. 7 to 1 now with three places. Fair enough, Demi Nolan. Uh, Bally Adam on the day. And um, if just assuming all these are running, which obviously this exercise is, uh, bear back Jack at, uh, at 33s or so. Okay, David Well, uh, I'd back my Drago 14 to 1. Yeah, look at that. I think he's the one with the unexposed, uh, the unexposed flesh, the other side of the pond uh, to come forward. And I, I like my Drogo, so I would, I would echo that one. Um, albeit, you know, it's fiercely competitive day one of the festival, and maybe the best advice is to sit on your hands. But uh, let's, uh, let's move on. We're going to tackle the Ballymore next. Um, this one, Demo, I've got to start with you because I think, you know, you were, you were hugely, hugely game for Gallard de Menil at the Dublin Racing Festival. Uh, you went and did it off what I thought was a little bit of a stop-start contest, perhaps, um, at Leperstown, but uh, is now, what, 130 favourite uh, to go and win this. You've got horses in here like Bob Ollinger, Brave Man's Game, potentially. Appreciate is, is, is uh, quoted here, but we, we pretty much know it's not going to turn up. Uh, likes of Drill Drill again and even Bally Adam. It's a little bit of cross-purposes uh, here, but uh, why don't you kick off with GDM? 
Um, yeah, so like I understand anybody wanting to take him on now at his price. Um, I'm on at a nice enough prices, so I'm delighted. But Dean, the stop start nature of that race doesn't bother me. That was over two miles six for for me now. This horse was obviously beaten by Holly Macaponi, but they knew he'd improve an awful lot at Christmas, which he did. The second and third from that run at Christmas have all come out. The time was brilliant. The speed he showed, the jumping he showed was absolutely brilliant. And then at Leperstown, going into that race, everyone said beforehand that um, he was too quick, that he wouldn't stay. Um, he showed that he absolutely does stay. So he ticks every single box for a Ballymore. He, he's, he's quick. He stays. He jumps. I mean, that's that's pretty much all you want. And I just think that he, he's he's quite special, this horse. So I'm on a nice odds. Absolutely delighted. Um, and I think he's I think he I think Bob Ollinger. I don't like the way Bob Ollinger jumps for this trip. I don't think Bob Ollinger is actually quick enough with the horses that are in here. Uh, Brave man's game for me. He's the big challenger. I think he's absolutely um, he's superb. But again, I think he's comparing him with the Denman. I don't think he's quick enough either. So I just think. Gayer de Manil has these completely, um, he's holding them. And then for the kind of, the outsiders and everything else, I, I couldn't kind of land on one really here. Um, maybe my eyes are just too blurred by the fact that I absolutely love this horse. There's one horse only that it looks like he'll go to the Coral Cup, but a horse called Benson Dean, which we've mentioned a few times oh, on yeah. the podcast. I think yep. he, I thought he was the best handicapped horse in training before he ran at Sandown. I still think he is. That run at um, Ascot, when you weren't his bigger biggest believer dean but the the whatsapp i got from you straight afterwards was that had he ran straight he probably would have won and yep. um he was fourth that day going up and trip as the trainer has said recently he was asked about his horses this was the first one that he mentioned and he said that he's entered in all the novices we have to decide but probably the coral cup with him but it's how highly that i think of this horse i think he, he could place in a ballymore or a supreme or anything like that so for the coral cup i'll be all in on him but he's won He's one to mention, kind of getting away from it, but I'm on a nice position with the Gayer de Manil. I think he has it all, Dean, and I'm happy enough to kind of leave it at that. Okay, GDM, Gayer de Manil for uh, Dermo. And I think just paying a bit of lip service to the other runners there, Dermo. We do know where your cards lie uh, with uh, this this race. And uh, fair enough, it looks like you've uh, snaffled a bit of value. Hopefully some other people have joined in. Dave Weldon, why don't you tackle the Ballymore, please? Um, to be honest, as a, uh, to be, uh, sorry, to be honest, outside the front tree, in the market, it's a poor race. Um, now that's not to say that something can't improve to, to get up to them. Um, I'd be leaning on the Bob Ollinger side. Um, I know Dermo doesn't really like him, but he's talking through uh, black and yellow rose tinted glasses. Um, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I, I was uh, like Bob Ollinger. I think was very good the last day with Blue Lord. Um, Blue Lord ran well enough the last day, given a, given a different ride. Um, and I think nine to two, five to one for Bob Ollinger is a very fair price. You could even back that each way, um, on the day or whatever, and and you'd be getting some money back. I think because I can't see him out the front tree. Yeah, and you know when we've heard uh, Rachel Blackmore talk about Bob Ollinger, and uh, she just waxes lyrical about this animal, and she's obviously um, aboard some very very smart horses and puts this in a bracket. I almost felt the vibes you were getting from her when she talked about her slightly above them. It was a question from Lloyd uh, Murphy on Twitter as well about Bob Ollinger um, for this race and the target next year. Where do you think Bob Ollinger might go next year, Dave? I would say he'd be, uh, or say or the Brown Advisor, whatever it is now, I'd say he'd be a staying chaser. 
Gold Cup for the future. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Stephen Cass, over to you. Is it um, is it a crap race after this top three, Gallo de Meno, Bob Ollinger and Brave Man's game? Or is there something lurking below? Pat Smith mentioned one Captain Kangaroo, uh, which uh, you know, I wouldn't be uh, qualified to opine on, but I'll throw it out there. Captain Kangaroo, he's only ran over two miles, I think. The angle of him is he beat uh, appreciated in a bumper, but he... Um... He has got a really unusual pedigree. Like the, the the dam was winning group ones over six furlongs, I think, in New Zealand. Uh, I think the clue was probably in the name. He must have yeah. <laughs> come from come from uh, the, that neck of the woods. I was trying to think what did they call it? the Antipodes? Is that what they call yeah, yeah New Zealand, Australia. Yeah, um, so, but he hasn't shown anywhere near enough level of form, uh, and I would think. Based on the pedigree and what trip they were on, uh, Matt, yeah, if you're going to have a tickle at him, maybe have him for the Supreme, but you can't put anyone off. Well, you must be triple figure odds. Um, yeah, yeah, top funny. Yeah, I'd like, this is a brilliant race. Uh, Brave Man's game, a lot of good judges, uh, thinking of my friend David Jennings, especially, just loves this horse, but I've watched the replay back uh, and. He, he swishes his tail at the finish, he doesn't jump very naturally. I think he is the weak one of the three. I think Air de Manil jumps unbelievably well. Um, mm. If you like Bob Ollinger, which I do, if you put a gun to my head, which of them would win, I'd say Bob Ollinger, but really I haven't a clue between him and Gerard de Manil. Uh, like you would think theoretically that Willie's is going to be punted. The English are going to come for Brave Man's game. And the one you get a price about is Bob Ollinger. I say that though, and I always think this about Honeysuckle. And they absolutely punt the ears off Honeysuckle every time she runs. Like she was so strong in the market Sunday. So Henry's, the links there, like they, they, they do like a punt. Um, but in short, I think the way Bob Ollinger at the hill at Nace, uh, I think he might be the best horse at the trip. I actually think Gerda Manil might be a champion hurdle horse next year. Um, two five in a in a Ballymore might just might just be a bit far from because he's a bit buzzy, but he could easily win. And then to answer the first part of your question, is there one that could be uh, yeah. an outsider? I think does he know is the one. He's he has good course and distance form. Yeah, even before he won over course and distance, he beat he beat Midnight River in in October by five lengths. Midnight River was close up behind Adramel and his rate of one thirty seven. Um. He has won twice over Carson Distance. Now, the worry is he ran out at Newbury behind uh, Brave Man's Game. That was the oddest running out I've ever seen. Normally, if a horse runs out, they've been acting Larry, They've been playing up. He had jumped the first four absolutely perfectly. So something must have, if you watch it, I just think something caught his eye and he spooked and he ran into the wings. I don't think there's anything in it. Uh, I don't know if Kim Bailey said anything that he might go for the race. He's around 100 to 1 on Betfair, 33 to 1 with the books. But he would be interesting to me. Does he know if he goes? Uh, but yeah, that's my take on the race. Yeah. Um, do you know what? I think Bob Ollinger, just, you know, sometimes you only get to see so much on the track, right? There's lots going on at home. And if Rachel is that keen that this is a superstar, I'd definitely take Bob Ollinger at the prices um, over Gellard de Manil. And uh, Braves man game, well, it's being compared to a lot of super, super horses. But um, yeah, I just think the Irish will be stronger. Uh, this year so if I was nailing I'd go Bob Ollinger Stephen I guess you'd go Bob Ollinger as we just discussed Bob Ollinger at the front yeah but I would back does he though yep fair enough and Dem I don't need to ask you GDM all the way it seems and uh, Dave just a final word on the Ballymore yeah Bob Ollinger for me 
Um, yeah, okay. the, you could you could take a line through that admiral as well, Tom Lacey, but I think he'd need it all to go right from at the front, and he's, he's not going to get in, uh, an easy time of it like he did the last day. He'll go Barton, yeah. won't he? He probably, probably as well. Yeah, he probably go open trip. Yeah, they seem to have a few little quirks they need to keep right with that horse, but he's super talented. So yeah, uh, yeah I'd be interested in that at Cheltenham anyway. In something you see, the vibes on the day will be key. They were so super keen the last day when they did get everything right. Which which what's your pick, uh, Dean? Yeah, Bob Ollinger is my pick, and, uh, yeah, and, and I don't I don't see too much between Gellard Domeno and Bob Ollinger apart from Rachel's absolute love of uh, of what we're going to get from Bob Ollinger. So I'm, I'm happy enough that the price is there that that would be the way to go. Um, but like you say, it would be surprised if Gellard Domeno wins. Demo's been uh, right many times when I've said he's wrong. So that's on your side, Demo. That'll help you. You've been listening to the Race Hour, brought to you by Bookmakers.co.uk, your best bet for tips, news, and bookmaker reviews. Uh, let's move on to the um, to the Albert Bartlett um, or the the Spa novices, um, as as uh, as has been mentioned here. Uh, David Dunn on Twitter said, "Gentlemen's game for this." Richie O'Keefe gave Farouk Delen. Uh, Tony Gleeson asked, "What horses are even going to turn up here?" That's a very fair question. And what of Streets of Doyen? Um, so they're thrown into the ether already for people to opine on. Um, Dave, I'm going to come to you first on the uh, the potato race. And uh, you can you can tell me what you fancy. I've named a few horses there. Often the toughest one to solve, and sometimes you get a real big superstar gun that gets beat in this. Generally, yeah, we've fallen into that trap a few times um, over yeah. the last few years. Commander Fleet and a few others spring to mind um, that have gone off fairly short and not gotten the job done. Um, it's a very tricky race. It's similar to like none of the horses really have put their hands up and said, yeah, I want three miles. And like that race at Doncaster the other day, it was a joke really. Like, you know, it kind of fell apart, fell to absolute pieces. Um, I think Fakira ran a nice race um, at Dublin Race Festival last week. All he does is stay. Um, he can get out, he gets outpaced in every race. And three miles is going to be the making of him. Whether they go or not is a different uh, question. I think they're looking forward to keeping until next year. But um, hopefully he goes. He's been backed few people put him up during the week. Um, he's a bit of a hipster horse for this race now, isn't he? He's, he's he's this year's Captain that, Guinness, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, 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 I think so, yeah. yeah. He's favourite. He's favourite now, yeah, which I, I backed <laughs> my 10s on Saturday um, after the race, um, which was back from 16s into 10s, and then now he's 7th. Well, I think Tony Keenan put him up during the week as well, a couple other people as well. Um, but like, all he does is stay, and you can see the angle, like that they'll be flat out jumping the last, and he'll just come up the hill. But but once we get involved again at sevens, probably not. Um, I think no. Statler is weak enough as well at the front of the market. And um, they went to steady enough gallop in um in the two mile six race Dublin Racing Festival, and he I don't he didn't really I didn't really like how he ran to the line. Um, I think he's weak enough. Um, Barbados didn't, books, he, didn't Statler drift drift and drift some more on the yeah, day as well? So I think, maybe I think, not all not I, right. I think he had a setback between Christmas and the Dublin Racing Festival, and they were weren't expecting a big run out of him so mm. that's fair enough if he can improve on that he'd have a chance but uh, like he, he's a bit of a an all or nothing horse whereas he, like he's finished second so many times at short prices you wouldn't want to be getting stuck into him um barbados books or paul nichols I, I don't get the height of this horse at all um for out the land is another modest animal I, I think it's a poor grade one this year i think the, the quality's in the body more and the other two uh, the Supreme and this are, are poor enough races, I think. Yeah, the afterthought, perhaps. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair enough. That's fair. That's fair enough. Um, Stephen Cass, you're up next. Um, I wanted to throw uh, a horse 
into this one. David Dunn mentioned it as well on Twitter. Um, gentleman's game who ran behind Gallard de Menil and looked like he was going to go back and out the telly and then managed to stay on again um, for the Mouse Morris team. And uh, Robbie Power was on board behind Gallard de Menil. For me, that was a that was a run that indicated this could be the race. Yeah, he, he would definitely go Barthead if he goes, but they've pretty much said he won't be going. So of the three behind Gerda Menil, I would have gone for Gentleman's Game as well. I think Fakira, yeah. like he's so, he's so obvious he's coming from the back, but he, he they still always go a clip in the Bartlett and he'll probably be too far back, I think, to, to get to his to his winning position. Uh, there's also kind of a notion you need a dour stare with 25 starts under his belt, but, <laughs> you know, Monkfish came after a couple of runs um Commander last fleet. year changed that didn't it with those, uh, the those last, there's, been there's been a few yeah. years like that there's been a few years like that I, I think yeah. it's a bit of a came from a maiden hurdle yeah, I think it's a myth and people you know it's it's lazy to throw it out there which a lot of pundits still do um, so yeah so gen- gentleman's game looks like he won't go but I would be very interested in him if he did this is a brilliant race for having a bet because it's 10 to 1 the field and I think you can take on Fakira, you can take on Statler, so you can you can definitely find something. The one with the best form, I think, is Adramel. So being able to back him at 25, 33s uh, is a big price. He really tidied up his jumping at Warwick. Um, yeah. He looks like he'll stay every yard of the three miles. Uh, like he, he was given five pounds and five length beatings to, to, to Grumpy Charlie. Um, two runs back and then obviously won the Warwick race so his profile five wins out of six starts as well just there's a lot going for him and he's a big big price and I do think he's the best at the UK form so Adramel is one and the other one uh, that I would definitely be backing is Tory Graf he won the race Monkfish won he he finishes out his races so well like really puts the head down and gallops to the line uh, he's only entered in the Bartlett uh, Gordon is a good record in this race um, the form of his maiden is working out really well uh, he beat a, a good horse uh, of Willie's and he beat a horse that won uh, Velvet Elvis won next time out um, so I just think he's a really really good horse and he's, could, he could be the best of the Irish and you're getting 20 to 1 so Tory Graf and Adramel would be the two I'd be interested in yeah one um, from each side of the water fair, fair play Steve do you think though that the fact that Gordon went fishing for a mark with this horse over in the UK, and he got 141. That we could end up seeing him in a in that pretense trial. Yeah, maybe. Maybe is he entered this Sunday in England? Is it? No, this he weekend? entered last weekend in Muscleborough in the pretense trial to get his okay. mark. Okay, he, he got a mark of 141. I just mm. wonder with Tory Graf, might they go the Delta Work route with him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I suppose you'd want to be backing him non-runner no bet then. Um, yeah, yeah. Which I think he might only be 12 non-runner no bet. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. I hadn't considered that. Uh, can I guess what Dermo's going to tip? Yeah. Farouk Delen, Dermo? <laughs> Most certainly, yes. And I've won yeah, the so, one as well. Then. You love a bit of that Limerick race, don't you? <laughs> I do. He's useless uh, now, Dermo. He's, he's fucking useless. <laughs> Hey, uh, Richie O'Keefe, Richie O'Keefe on Twitter says, uh, what about Farouk Delen? So Stephen Cass has answered him, but what does Dermot I, I should have had a yeah, bet there. They, they couldn't figure out um, the run at Navin as to why he didn't perform that day at all. He, he just didn't look himself afterwards as well, but nothing showed up. But at Christmas, he really toughed that, that race out. Um, the Gordon, Gordon just kind of opted out of Dublin Racing Festival, as he did with a few of his horses, like like... A lot of his better kind of a few of his better champion 
championship contenders at Cheltenham and um, Allen, etc. They just didn't go to the Dublin Racing Festival. So the fact that Fruitland missed that isn't a negative for me. I spoke to Keith and I asked him and Keith said he was um, absolutely fine. So he goes he goes straight to the festival and at six, uh, at 20 to one or so he is without the kind of non-runner no bet concession, obviously. And then he's shorter again when you consider that. But he's 14 to one non-runner no bet and gentleman's game is ahead of him in the market. Um, he might not even be going, as Mouse Morris said. Barbados books as well. Uh, Paul Nichols has intimated several times that uh, you're talking about a horse here who could be f- focused on Aintree. And then behind him in the market, Torygraph, he could end up in a pretense trial. If he does, I think that kind of speaks volumes for the front two. And even for Kira, um, several times this season, Gordon has mentioned that um, possibly an Albert Bartlett mightn't be what he wants this season, that they think this horse is going to be a serious chaser. So when you go through this market, they're like the top of the market. A lot of these might not be going. All that's been discussed with Farouk Delane all season is the Albert Bartlett. Um, that run of Christmas was a complete step back in the right direction. Now, the second let that down badly last weekend, but still he won it well. And I think Farouk Delane is interesting at 14 to 1. But at a much bigger price, there's 80 to 1 around about this price. Um, Dave, uh, Dave mentioned this race already at Doncaster that the uh, the Cobb won. It was a joke of a race. Um, half the field pulled up, and uh, this lad did as well. Pat's fancy. He pulled up about three out, and he just couldn't go in that ground. But I completely forgive that. The time before this horse uh, ran against Make Good, and Make Good, he's a decent horse, especially the um, the hurdles has has completely woke that horse up again, and. Um, he was tapped for toe that day because they took out the last the last hurdle. But I implore everyone to watch it and watch how Pat's Fancy travelled through that race. He travels up to them at the second last and then make good just does them for toe. Behind him that day is Ask a Honeybee, Ashtown Lad. These are all decent form gauges. And Pat's Fancy had them all fairly stuffed. So make good was the only one ahead of him, but the flat speed won him won him that race. Pat's Fancy has experience around this uh, course and distance, obviously, as well after that, because that was an Albert Bartlett trial. And he runs here after, uh, I know he pulled up last time, but I completely would forgive any horse that race. Uh, Rebecca Curtis, she's she's prone to kind of tilt a few of these. And I think at um, at 80 to one or 50 to one, I'm running no bet, you'll probably end up getting that on the day. I think Pat's Fancy could be one who could massively outrun his odds because he has that that valuable um, experience without running too many times because the experience as Stephen Cass said, is a complete myth. So he's... Um, Dermo, I've just put a fiver on him at 200 to 1 at Betfair because I'm so sick of listening to you talking about this 130 rated horse, but I have to have a fiver on him to win a grand. <laughs> <laughs> just so, to fucking make this tolerable because if I hear you talk about Pat's fancy for an hour between now and Cheltenham, like, fuck <laughs> If uh, so... Just to rehash... He's 200 to 1 on Betfair, Dermo. Farouk Delane is not a useless fucker. <laughs> as Stephen says, and uh, and Pat's fancy, he warrants being being discussed, regardless what our moody Waterford resident has well, to I say. I hope he wins now. Time. I'm on. I'm in. <laughs> but uh, Farouk Delane, he's the most likely runner, and uh, for me, he's the most likely winner. <laughs> I love the way you completely killed Dermo's flow there. I just uh, it's just wonderfully done. Um, okay, so 200 to 1 chance <laughs> Pat's fancy. And uh, Farouk Delen is not a useless uh, fucker, apparently. Which uh, He does remind me of a table with floppy legs, Farouk Delen. He doesn't look the, the quickest. Though. He doesn't he see just... out. I'd be worried about how he sees out his races, Dermo. He never runs to the line. So he doesn't really strike as a stare. And he definitely wants heavy ground. 
He ran head to the, in the line at Limerick stop. and I thought he jumped very well at Down Royal. Yeah, his jumping is I okay. I don't share either of those concerns. I really don't share either of those concerns at all. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we are going to do the Triumph Hurdle next, but any chance Duffelcoat demo popped up in this race was a question that we got on Twitter from Adam. No. Uh, many moons ago, Gordon Elliott actually did a race hour one Sunday. Um, he took it over and he was asked what was his, his best piece of advice. And Gordon Elliott said that the, the advice that Martin Pipe gave to him was to keep himself in the best company and his horses in the worst Duffelcoat, Sandy here, all those horses, they will run in the easiest race possible. Duffelcoat, if he does go to Cheltenham, he'd be more than likely, I'd say, for a boodles at this rate with the other horses. Right. There's there's no way he goes to another part, and Zanny here does not go to the Supreme Leader. No. He, he practiced what he preached with the LeBake lads, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> say, say, say to I've say, said say, enough say, now on this podcast, and I'm, I'm uh, going to sign off. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm getting a bad name for myself. It's fine. It's fine. Sage it's advice. Already out there, Cass Strand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sage <laughs> advice. Um, okay. Um, I, I would echo. I'm, I'm going to have the final word on this race, and that is that uh, Adramel interests me at Cheltenham. Whatever they do, the project. I love the project that's been coming together. I love Dickie Johnson's involvement. I love the way that they made a few tweaks the last day, and the horse seemed to respond superbly to that. And I think there is plenty more to come. So at a big enough price, Stephen Cass already made the case. Um, I think that one. Uh, should be on the list for you going forward uh, for the Albert Bartlett. We do have one more race to cover in this um, trying to solve the puzzles of the novices for the Cheltenham Festival 2021. And uh, it is the Triumph Hurdle. Demo, I've kind of like asked you a few little questions about this. I seem to feel like you're the inside man on the horses that uh, might line up here because we have this um, uh, debate at the top end with Zanahir and Quilixios. Um about you know who's the best uh, from that yard and, and which one will, will turn up. Could both run here, obviously. Um, here and Quillix lost in the Triumph. Demo, you're first. Yeah, I always think that there's like there's like some master WhatsApp somewhere like uh, on all these Irish punters. I think Cass is on it because I, it, there's always like, uh, Abergadabra's right, guys. We'll all decide that he's shit and uh, we'll all decide now that that, uh, that Santini, he's shit as well. So we'll all decide <laughs> right. that. You're kind of right and then... There, and then uh, and then literally now, now everybody has decided, oh no, Zanny here, he's just a machine, which like his times and everything are, he could well be, but he's 11 to four at this stage for a triumph hurdle where Pentland Hills won this race. We didn't see him t- t- until the end of February. Um, you know, like as in, and what Calixios did last weekend was outstanding. Like he dismissed the yeah, very same horses that uh, Zanny here did. So like, like, I just think it's incredible that afterwards there was just no buzzer. I know, I know it was a busy weekend, chock full of grade ones, but like Quilixios was outstanding. And like you're getting six to one about him against Zanahir when their form is very comparable. I think Quilixios is is the one to bet there, to back there. And uh, now okay. jockey bookies will be interesting. Jack Kennedy could end up on him if if David Russell's back in Zanahir. If not, you could see the likes of um, of Dennis O'Regan on him. I I've always liked. Duffelcoat for this, but I'm kind of slow on that now because I could see him maybe going to a Boodles off a big weight just, just with how good them two are. So, bar that, Dean, I think Qualixios, um is every bit as good as Zana here, but kind of bar that, I'd be waiting on the day because there could just be a few more to uh, come out yet. And we haven't seen enough of you. UK horses to decide who's good and who's not because Tritonic was absolutely outstanding as well the last day at Ascot. So there's a few UK horses here that kind of could be very interesting, but of the top two, I would most certainly be backing Quilixia. 
at the prices, I, I get where you're coming from makes a lot of sense. I mean, there is a, a bit of English uh, interest in this race, likes of Adagio and Nasalem. I know Adagio has been kicked out of the way, but it seems to have improved uh, bundles for that the last day. Or maybe that was just a tin pot race. Very hard to know. Uh, Duffel coat, as you say, could be switched elsewhere. Um, more questions than answers, Stephen. Yeah, um, and in terms of Adagio, the fact that Duffelco beat him, I think you, you know Doesn't when you help. know, the, yeah, when you know the Irish form, you, you, you'd struggle to have any faith in him um, to beat Quilixios or Zana here. I agree with Dermo. I, I I think I'd rather be back in Quilixios each way, but at the same time, if Zana here is that good, you've only two places on the each way, and I'd, I'd be leaving it for now at the head of the market. Um, mm-hmm. Like you might have even seen the winner yet. Burning Victory wouldn't have ran by now. I think she only ran maybe this weekend. Pentant Hill, something similar. They won the last two. Um, you could say similar about the likes of uh, Zarkander and other other winners. They, they appear late. I always have a thing that I like to back. Uh, none or no bet a few of them from the Adonis on the theory that when they come out, yeah. if they win, you know, you always get a nice price. We, we did it last year. I think we did it with Solo last year at 33 oh, to yeah. 1. And he went off 4 to 1. Now he was kicked out of the way, but we were on a great bet. Um, one horse who I think now could be in that mode that could go off uh, second or third favourite is Heros Desoy. He's a Nicky's. He won a Kempton when a, a good horse of. Um, of the Williamses fell. So it was between the two of them and they were absolutely miles clear. Now he got the hang of it towards the end of that race. And um, the form is pretty good. Like her and doors was, was beaten 10 lengths. She bolted up next time. The fourth has won twice on the level since, uh, and is a proper 90 ish horse on the flat. So he be one. He's in the, the Joe Donnelly colors. Harris to soy. Be very, mm. very interested in him. I think I just chance him now outright at 33 to one. Forget about the non-runner a bet and, you know, uh, have 20 quid on and, and just hope that, hope that he gets there with a win. But he'd be one if he's entered in the Adonis. I'd be really interested in backing with the non-runner a bet thing because if he goes and wins that, he's kind of a sexy horse profile that could be really short and maybe even second favorite. Uh, so yeah. he'd be the one I'd be interested in. Yeah, and in those colours, uh, very likely he's a grey one horse. They don't have many uh, duds around the place. Um, Hiros de Soy currently, as you say, 20s, 25 to 1. Um, for this day, well, you're up on the triumph. Yeah, Stephen Cash has stole all my work there, so I'm not going to say anymore. Exact same well, reason. You can elaborate. You don't have to. Uh, you know, like, just, he's you, said everything. Like, her and Dora, like, sorry, the other horse, the Jane Williams horse is on air, uh, John Eck, um, who's 33 to 1 as well. Um, yeah. probably would have won that day, and it's still and it's thirty three to one as well. The same as for us, you could split stakes the two of them because I'd say they both go to the Adonis uh, or somewhere, yeah. maybe the Plumpton race, whatever. He doesn't jump great one. though, sure he doesn't. Like I'd definitely rather take already, Harris yeah. beside. Like I think yeah, Harris beside should be fourteens, and the other fella should be twenty fives. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. more than likely. But um, like they're both good horse, both good. Like the, the mm. honour that Janek has a good engine. Um, and if he gets away with it on the day, he'd go close. Like, and the, he was second behind uh, Mon Morale of Paul Nichols back in, in Exeter, which is, is okay for him. Um, but yeah, I agree. I don't think we've seen the winner yet, um, unless it's Anna here. But like, Kalixos looks a stayer to me, um, and Zana here looks a two mile horse. Now, stayers win the triumph, but. You, you need speed, you need the tactical speed. I think that Zana here has more so than Quixios. Um and I, I'd favour Zana here of, of the two of them um, on that basis. But yeah, at the moment, if you hear us aside at a big price, just because I think there's like we've gone through the Supreme Triumph 
Albert Bartlett and the Ballymore and the first Nicky Henderson horse you mentioned is the Triumph. Um, mm. he, he hasn't turned into a bad trainer overnight for all his faults. So um, I, I think that could be an absolute uh, fly in the item, all right. Germo, okay. we'll do a double. You're getting all crabby with me now for slagging us. So we'll do a double on Harris Desai and Pat's Fancy and then, you know, we'll, we'll have, we can retire. <laughs> Stephen, I'm so used to you now with... with what, what is it, two years now? I don't think I can get crabby with you. I think I'm just numb. I'm feeling, I actually feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do. I'm a little, I'm, I feel not guilty and anxious now after that. There's, there's, there's absolutely no need. Oh, well, you've been slagged my whole life. You're all right. <laughs> you've, you've also, you know, maybe it make you feel better. You've only lost a fiver. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There's plenty of them. <laughs> and, and maybe you stop talking about the horse after that, you know. It's, sometimes you have to do something to... to I know more. Something. I've heard more about Pat's Fancy than I have about any other horse in training this year. Thanks yeah, and all you, got out, all you got from it was a pulled up run where that's easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got tipped for every meeting that wasn't on and then he ran once and he pulled up and oh my God. And apparently this John McConnell thing must be fucking like, you know, Frankel over jumps or something. Because, and he, like, a horse that wouldn't even be able to place the Cheltenham. Is, is the, the form line? <laughs> sorry, so, sorry, I'm going on about it again. Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, so, sorry. so like you feel bad, but we just added another nail there. That's, that's, <laughs> fair, enough. that's fair enough. Okay, look, that was all the the, the novice puzzles. Um, there are plenty of questions still there, and I think the the vibe from the triumph is um, if you fancy one at a big price, fair play because we may not have seen uh, the winner yet. As much as it looks like the top two are very good, no one mentioned Francis Seal. Unlikely, perhaps that this will actually turn up at the festival. That was the one horse I wanted to just throw in there. Yeah, Eve, sorry, you'd be disappointed you didn't see him at, uh, at Leperstown, uh, just gone, yeah. so maybe he's had a setback or anything like that, I haven't heard anything, but um, if he was to show up and reproduce the Leperstown maiden run, he'd, he'd have to have a chance, alright. Okay. There is a horse, uh, there's a horse there, and I can't think of its name, that's in the Meneer Colours with Willie. That was running and placing in, in group ones and winning grade threes and things on the flat in France. Proper, proper, proper horse. Something max. Um, you'll tax, find generally. Tax, tax for max. Tax for max. Yeah. He'd be, you know, if he, if he goes and runs and, and you see him in a in a maiden hurdle entered, you might, you might back him not on a little bit because he has all the ability in the world. Yep, there's a one in the Richie colours as well, Hard Door, that I think is uh, reasonably well-liked. That's also around 50 to 1. So maybe just the jury's out in the Triumph, I think, at this point. Unless you're really sold on one of the top two, um, then I think there is more to come and more for us to find out about how that race will sit come Friday, the 19th of March. Okay, uh, that was all the novices. Um, I wanted to just, you know, we were going to have a quick ramble about the weekend action to come, but it's all going to be off, isn't it? I mean, there is there is no chance of seeing any of these horses run at the weekend, is there? No, I would. I wouldn't think you'd back. You wouldn't. You, you wouldn't be able to back at one one that it would be on. Right. So, so I think it's. Maybe we just give a better hurdle what the pick would well, be, and it can carry into next it? week. It, Exactly. It's a huge shame because if they do run it in between podcasts, they, why not? They're, let's do the better hurdle. Go for it. Uh, Fifty ball wins. I'm a big 50 ball fan and um, that would have been where I was going. I think the project has come together as they would have liked and they got that win uh, for the conditional there, Nal Hurahan, and now Jamie Moore on board after winning another race. And I think this is the race that they were aiming for. So whenever it does run, 50 ball would be on my list. Harry Redknapp's got one in there with it. Shake him up. Harry's been doing a bit of social around it. Stephen, what would you pick out from that race? 
I was wildly impressed with Kadzan last time. He really tanks into his yeah. races. And I think if Metier can give him £11, he'd be some tool. Fair enough. And Dao um, Dean, it's, it's Metier, which is, you, know, you know what it means. Your Metier is what you're a master of, your profession. So your, your Metier is podcast hosting. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a stretch. But, you know, uh, yeah. Pressing the record button is my metier. I have that. I have that bit down. Hopefully. Care, um, careful, there, yeah. Dean. Cass is only building you up to bring you down later on. You know. <laughs> you know I, I, the one thing I don't do on this podcast is a, is whine on about horses with no chance at three hundred to one. In, in races. <laughs> fairness, I do plenty of that myself, so it's a bit rich now coming from me. But yeah. yes. Sure, sure, sure. Um, Dave, do you do you want to throw one at the the, uh, the head? It's not original, but I've had Sore and Glory mapped out for this for for a couple of weeks now. Um, he's seven to one, I think now with declarations. So, but he he looks laid out for the race, and he's on a nice mark, and I think he he'll win and win well. Okay, uh, one of my favourite horses in in training at the minute, and a future star, Sizable Sam, which was ended up on that card. So it's a real shame if this doesn't uh, if this doesn't go ahead. What will they do with um, Champ if that's the case? Uh, jumper bumper maybe. Yeah, well, they can't all run in them. Um, like, they have run out of time. And we've all criticised Nicky Henderson for his uh, campaigning of his horses this year, not being able to find races. But they're in a real hole with Champ, aren't they, right now? No, what price, not, what right. price would on, you want? On. Sorry, go on, Dave. Johnny Levin sent the horse to Musselburgh for a pretend qualifier. Nicky Henderson could have sent Champ to Dublin Racing Festival for the grade one there. Like, he's no excuse. And he knew he would have got the ground and safe ground as well on the left side. Well, he's also course, no, he's so. no, he's no weather man. Like, you know, this meeting would normally go ahead. Ah, see, this is forecast last two weeks from talking this meeting not being on. It's, it's bullshit, to be honest, Tim. Well, we've talked about this meeting long enough. Uh, Demo, did you want to say something about Champ? Uh, not particularly. Look, he's a hostage to uh, to weather, obviously, but there was there's been plenty of options throughout the season. It's uh, I understand the kind of wanting to just have one run to album photo preparation, but you just can't leave it till this late. Uh, I don't think there's any kind of sympathy um, out there, really. I, I think it's uh, he's a big job now because I'd say he could end up in a stairs hurdle. Well, the, yeah, maybe. I mean, strange things have happened. The method in the madness might be that he just doesn't want Champ to see too many fences because he's not very good over them and just do it on one, in, in one or two goes and that's all he's going to get. Um, Jeez, it'd be some okay. training performance now if Champ doesn't see a fence all season and wins a gold cup. That'd be unbelievable. Yeah, I'd imagine. For a horse that can't jump. Like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. What, what, imagine price, just what price do you want? If not with my prep run. If he was on, on the day on Betfair, I, I, I'd want north of twin, 20, yeah. certainly. 25. Yeah. I think 20s would be fair with no prep run. Be, yeah. be more of that. I'd, I'd back him at that, for sure. Mm, I don't think I would. Um, I'm on 25, maybe. Yeah, something around there, anyway. It's just not going to happen, is it? I don't think he's going to go without a prep run. Oh, I think he, he will. Why not? Somewhere. Would you not think he'd run? I think he would run. Yeah, I don't think they would. But I mean, we might find out because they may just not find a home for this uh, for this you know, this comeback spin. Look, we spent a lot of time there on racing that's not going to happen, right? So we'll uh, we'll we'll move on. Hopefully, some of this racing takes place before we next chat. And if we do, um, well, then we'll talk about it then. Um, this has been the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at Bookmakers.co.uk and of course all the way to the Channel Festival 2021 with TonyBet.com. If no one has anything else to say, we'll wrap up here. And we'll do it all again next week.